On today's episode, we're going to be talking about how brands can understand and leverage AR and VR technologies. With so many different platforms, and their purposes evolving daily, navigating social media can be, well, complicated. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast from Cupco. Social media. Social media. Social media. Where we unpack the latest trends and help remove the suck from social media. Welcome back to the Social Media Sucks Podcast by Cupco. If you ever experienced the fear of missing out when it comes to social media and marketing trends, then you are definitely at the right place. We help you level up your marketing and business skills by covering the latest news within social media and marketing trends and through our inspiring guests. So before we get started, do us a favor. If you're not already subscribed to our podcast or YouTube channels, please do so now. It really helps us get all this amazing inspiration and education out to more marketers and business people just like yourself. So let's get into today's episode. With me today, I have Katrine Kroy. Konyha, who is a VR and AR marketing specialist at Core Virtual Reality. Mm. And, of course, our stable piece, Chris Kavanus. Mm. <laughs> Why don't I have a cool intro like he's an expert in X, Y, and Z? I need some stuff like that. I'm just like... The CEO of Cupco, <laughs> Chris Kavanus. Still doesn't say what I'm good at, but that's okay. Thank you. You're good Those at being a CEO. Things. You're still here, Thank no? you. Yes, yeah. I, I'm good at being a CEO. That's <laughs> yeah. a good thing to be, I guess. Yeah, you yeah. have 40 people who yeah, come into the office every day. Good. Okay, yeah. okay. Thank you. Thank you for exactly. the intro. Yes. But good to have you here. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Sorry. So by the end of this episode, you will discover... The the challenges and opportunities in the VR and AR world and how your brand can leverage it. Nice. So nice. It's a hot topic. Yeah, yeah, it is really a hot topic. And then uh, I really want to do a small introduction for Katrina. Mm -hmm. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what brought you to your position today? Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, so I, I work at Cora as a AR and VR marketing specialist and a business developer, which means I'm the face to from Cora to uh, to the clients um and i think my journey towards this AR vr environment and business is uh, through my study where i um i was uh, a student at uh, roskilde university and i started this new uh, subject they had called uh, hum human technology which was really interesting and i looked into a lot uh, of VR and AR stuff there, mm -hmm. uh, mostly VR because it's it's a long time ago. I was a student, so AR yeah. wasn't a big big thing back then. But I think uh, my whole like focus was that I wanted to work with uh, experiences and mm. experience design. Uh, but I also love film, so actually I went into the film business uh, when I uh, graduated and uh, worked in film distribution for some years and. Then I went a little bit into uh, festival and tech. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think it got me to where the technology part of it was really interesting and partnerships and seeing where where tech and, and experiences could could leverage. So uh, mm -hmm. I've uh, I've known about Cora for for some years because the Cora started in 2015. Mm -hmm one of the first i think uh, vr production studios in in denmark um yeah. and i went there with one of my friends when we were working uh with films and we tried to do 
some 360 videos to understand what this medium could do. And mm. uh, I just knew about Cora since that day. And when they were looking for someone, I thought this was my chance. And mm. uh, and cool. I, I started working there um, two years ago mm. and Great. been super happy with just learning a lot about this new uh, technology mm. uh, area because I was not an expert when I started. I don't think I even was that uh, familiar with the term AR. Um, so it's been a, a learning curve that was yeah. been mm. pretty insane, but super exciting. Yeah. And I think I also started at the right time because uh, like I think it's a year ago that Mark Zuckerberg went out and talked about the meta and the metaverse. And uh, since then, it's just been like we've been on a, a crazy journey mm. uh, at Cora. Uh, there's a lot of interest in VR and AR and just understanding the mediums mm. and, and the technology. And it's made my role a little bit more as uh, also been out and talking a lot about mm. what how can business leverage on AI? Yeah. Just to level the field here, mm. um, can you explain to our listeners yeah. what would you define as VR and what is AR? So like VR uh, is is the most common uh, for for people because it's been around for yeah decades. So I think you could mo best describe it as VR being this immersive experience that you experience like fully immersed, so closed in with these VR goggles um, and AI is this digital layer that you can put on top of your own uh, environment. Uh, so you have this experience of having a phone uh, or an iPad where you can place this 3D uh, object or environment on your own surrounding. Right. So that's how we kind of define those two things. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, VR is much more immersive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of distribution, uh, AI is a little bit easier and that's why it's gained so much interest because in terms of like marketing, uh, AI is a bit easier to like distribute because uh, yeah. not a lot of people have these VR goggles at home. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a matter of time right now uh, and it's a matter of the, the development of hardware and everything, but yeah. VR has some way to go before like it's become like an everyday uh like tool for people mm. um, yeah so yeah it still has a ways and it's kind yeah. of vr is interesting right because it's been through waves of just like popularity where it's been yeah. like okay in the 80s now we're gonna get it yeah. and then it's like 90s it kind of dies down a little in mid 90s it's like vr's back mm -hmm. and it's like and then it's it's been up and down and i think for the last little while actually i feel like it's finally yeah on a mm. not a not an up down up down but more mm. like on a just a steady course yeah. Yeah. why, why don't you guys think be. why do you guys think it goes up and down you know I what causes the ups we, and downs we have this idea that every new technology goes through what we call the hype cycle mm -hmm. so like there is a hype and there's an yeah. idea of this technology what it can do mm -hmm. and everyone is super hyped about it i think you can a little bit match it with how people are looking at the term metaverse right now. It's going through a hype cycle. Everyone is yeah. excited about it, but yeah. it needs to go into this like terms of like, how can we actually use it? Mm. What is the productivity with the tool? And I think VR has been through that and 
in terms of seeing it as actually something that you can use mm. a proper like tool to show people different things so in terms of how can it u- be used in the industry how can it be used as a sales tool um, mm. and not just something that is uh, a gaming tool um, i think that's where it's found its sort of place in this hype cycle um, yeah 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 i mean it's a little like blockchain it has yeah. both its usages for trading and finance but it also has its usage for many other things like yeah. shipping and logistics and mm-hmm. medicine and like all of these different areas and i think that's like vr it has its gaming yeah angle but then there's a bunch of other angles that definitely that i think every f- every technology goes through this hype cycle like you could look at qr codes it was like everyone was talking about qr codes and it was so yeah. cool and it kind of disappeared a little bit and now we're all using it without actually knowing why it's it's just become a normal thing (laughs) right now and i think it's the same like when it becomes like a normal tool that there's no like hype about but we're just using it uh, i think then you know it's integrated within your your normal habits right yeah yeah definitely makes sense what do you Mm -hmm. see potential as an expert in this space like how can brands leverage Th- these new te- uh, technologies in uh, for instance e-commerce we've seen ikea mm. do it mm. and also some fashion brands but you have you guys thought about in Cora how can you help brands build uh build their campaigns with the uh, vr and ar technology yeah so i think with uh what we see with something like I- ikea it's like this possibility of actually helping the the consumer uh, decide a little bit easier. Mm. So what we could do is build these uh, products and, and show them before people buy them. So it's mm. really easy for people to make a decision when they can try it out and they can see that it matches in their house. They can see it's not too big and all these things mm. that both make the sales uh, like... Um, understanding a little bit easier but also the whole like return uh so ikea actually saw that their uh, returns was decreased after making Mm. uh, ikea place so that's where we see this being a really good tool like Mm. uh, as ar can can be used for that Mm. Um, but with vr we see that both uh, in terms of e-commerce but also in terms of like brand and storytelling it has this possibility to make uh, people uh, be more engaged with the brand and and actually feel the brand in a in a different way because there is this experience when you're fully immersed that you actually experience something a little Mm. bit more than you would when you have everything around you making your focus uh, anywhere else so so we we believe that we can make better storytelling better experiences Mm. uh, both for sales but also for like uh understanding um different things around the environment mm. and, and uh getting people to want to do something when they take off the vr headset that's mm. our that's our hope for for the productions that we make in the in vr okay that it yeah. causes, causes some sort of action somebody yeah. to do something in the real world definitely outside of the virtual world yeah so we've done this uh, big campaign uh, with Erstel, mm. uh, and and it was uh, it's called spaceify and the whole idea is that you get taken into space and you see the the earth from from outside and uh, mm. you talk this uh, voiceover is 
is an astronaut, so it's Andreas Mogensen in Denmark, and he talks about his experience of seeing the world from from out of space and yeah. how he wanted to take care of it and how he can see that what the the Earth is going through in terms of like uh, yeah environmental mm. issues and and I think Ørsted made this campaign and it's not really focusing that much on the brand it's not saying Ørsted anywhere mm. but it's it's their way of trying to get people to uh, to want to do something to take mm. actions and I think that's a very strong very strong experience mm. to uh, to show people. Mm. Um, you talked a little bit about distribution at the start, mm. that it's a bit harder or, or it's the distribution model for VR is a bit different than AR in some senses, but I'm always curious to see what clients or what brands are actually, what distribution model are they taking? Are they taking a, mm. like going onto Oculus or are they doing their own standalone systems or mm. what has been in your experience what's been the most popular VR distribution model so most of the uh, projects that we've been doing is 360 video so it's basically a lot of these uh, big like projects uh, with um, like controllers and where you can move around what we call sick stuff is a little bit hard to have for uh, like distribution for the client because that means that there has to be someone helping people understanding mm. how to move around how to use the controllers mm. yeah. so uh, we we resources we yeah so yeah. we normally work with uh, the hardware called pigo which is a standalone like 360 uh, headset mm -hmm. so it's it's basically made in in what we call a kiosk mode where you just put on the headset and it starts right. uh, so it's super easy for places like a tourist office or like museums and and different of these like different uh, industries that we work with where they can just uh, distribute it as having it laying out somewhere at All the right. at the office or at the at the venue and people can just put it on and it starts so we've done that with different uh, companies we did that with a big for example, a big campaign we did with uh, Signify, uh, the agency that mm. uh, worked with Criminal Forsoner, where they had this truck that was driving through Denmark, and uh, in the truck it was kind of like a moving museum about mm. how to become, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, in. Um, Inside the level? No, uh, inmate? No, oh. the ones that take us. Oh, the guards, oh, the kind of. Guards. So, yeah. the guards. Mm. So, uh, they wanted the, they wanted to have more guards for the. Ah, not more inmates? No, not more inmates. <laughs> <laughs> more <inmate>. guards. <laughs> what kind of campaign is this? <laughs> they wanted more, more prison guards, and that's why they did this as a right. campaign to become a prison guard. And then uh, they had this uh, experience of you could try to be inside a prison and yeah. hear the mm. stories from okay. in there. So so they used the, the Pico as well, where mm. it's super easy to use. Yeah. Uh, but but we've also done some bigger projects with, for example, Karlsbergbyen, where you can, if you're interested in buying an apartment there, you can actually go there and mm. they, they have this showroom where you can try um, a VR experience where you can walk around in the apartment yeah. so we sort of built that in 3d mm. right. and uh, and we scanned the whole of uh Kasper Byrne, so it's actually a replica of what you actually will yeah. see out of your view on mm. your balcony cool but that's where we were using 
the HTC Vive uh, yeah. for for something so like that. So mostly it's been standalone. Yeah. Versus going into an Oculus or the Meta yeah. stores or going I, into yeah, I think the Central the, Land or the any of these places. Biggest issue for us with Oculus has been that you have to have an account and mm -hmm. you have to log on through Facebook. Yeah. And that's why we've been a little bit yeah. um, like cautious about using Oculus, but yeah. now they've just they told that, that. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna remove that. And I think that's gonna be a big game changer for us. Using I think it's them. a game changer for everybody. Everyone, because yeah. I think that's been holding back. Definitely. It definitely has been holding, like we have an Oculus in here mm. that we use and it's it's a bit tricky when mm. you wanna get people together yeah. using three or four or five different, you know, Oculus mm. Rift, um, or the, not Oculus Rift, are they called the new ones? halo or whatever they're called yeah. but it's like yeah it is a problem so mm -hmm. it's good that you don't have to log in now yeah so and i think what oculus is is focusing on is also this whole like more like marketing side because of course they want to track some something when people are using the oculus mm. so they can so they yeah. can use that for for advertising yeah and, and that makes sense but when we work with like different industries it's there's some of them yeah. that's not super interested in having that yeah when it's a when it's a b2b solution mm. or if it's somebody that's it's a closed campaign it's mm. a closed sort of internal thing then you don't necessarily want it on some mm. no. app store that people can just like experience themselves yeah you need to have it a bit more contained so definitely yeah but i Makes think sense. i think it's gonna be as soon as as we feel more comfortable with not having to log in and everything that i think we're gonna use oculus a lot more than we've done so far because it is the best yeah. headset as yeah. well yeah. Uh, mm. for for the purpose of like uh, multi multiple people being in the same room right and, uh, yeah and mm. those kind of things yeah. so have a shared experience yeah, yeah. what's yeah. uh what has what do you experience as you know the most challenging when brands want to do vr or ar technology like uh the typical challenges you uh mm -hmm. faced when you have to advise them on how to get started yeah i think uh it, distribution is mm. the challenging thing because for us it's it's about producing the best content and and we can do that and it's just the the problem is that when they can scale to, it yes distribute it when they have to scale it it's a bit harder to sort of like explain how the best way is to do that because mm. it's it's not people haven't used it a lot to scale up yet so it's it's really like first movement uh, right now and mm. we can we can try to to uh, to help as much as we can but it also it also depends on the like the client has a, a big task as well yeah. because they have to make uh, the users be comfortable with mm. using the technology and uh, and that also demands a little bit of persuasion because it's not everyone that wants to put on a headset it a lot of people feel a little bit nervous about closing themselves off especially yeah. in a room with a lot of people mm. uh, so it's a little bit this whole like getting used to it and yeah, yeah. and having uh, having the the client actually help the users uh, understand the technology and help them uh, mm. be be comfortable with it because a lot of the the projects that we do is is out at 
at events or at mm. uh, like different fairs where they are using the the headset as a new way of showing off the company or showing off the the work environment and stuff like that and and it it just takes a little persuasion to make people just come over and put on a headset yeah. and mm. so you guys so can, can challenging. you guys can add that to your list of developments within yeah. your company you'd be <laughs> like hey you know maybe we should have street teams or people that yeah. go to the client yeah. and be like hey we'll work your yeah. VR headset booth for 12 hours yeah. or whatever. Well, sometimes we do that. Yeah. Sometimes we are out at, at the events as well. Yeah. Helping. helping. Yeah. yeah, that and makes I, sense. And I think it's it's also like understanding uh, the three-dimensional experience. Yeah, it's also yeah. a bit jarring for some. Like I do think that, I mean, you've seen, we've all seen those crazy videos mm-hmm. of people falling down in VR, mm. you know, showcases and yeah. even at home playing vr that yeah. it can get because it is immersive it yeah. can get a bit jarring and, mm. and sort of confusing definitely uh, so it's good to have sort of people around to help you yeah. navigate that right yeah yeah but i also think uh, when when we have uh, projects coming to us there's a lot to do with us helping the client understand what it actually means to work with a three-dimensional space because mm. A lot of times they come and, and sometimes it's just they could just as well do it as a 2D oh. like film. So we have to kind of explain how is it that yeah. you can work with like getting yeah. the, the user to look around, to mm. really look up and look down mm. and, and maybe have some voiceover like talk to the person to get them to look around. So when people put on a headset and if they haven't tried VR before, they normally just stand and look straight. Mm. And don't really look around, yeah, and, okay. and don't really get that that immersive what they can experience. Do. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so it's it's. I think it's about like mm. understanding the medium. Um, yeah. As a, mm. yeah. Do you think that's the biggest challenge or the biggest learning that you have to go through with all clients? Is that mm. we're not talking about two D space; we're talking about three D space. So, yeah. their wishes and wants and their perceptions of this project mm. that they're going to do. Mm. they have to sort of think about it in three-dimensional yeah is that the biggest challenge you think or do you think it's i know you said distribution mm. but is that from a client perspective is that the one thing that you need to get them over i think that's where we need to be more consultancies than just production Uh, i think it's when you go out uh, as a company and want a video you just tell the the production company what you want and they do that but for us it's like a lot to do with consulting and yeah. mm. getting them to understand. It's user experience yeah, it's so design it's i wouldn't say it's a challenge but it is what we have to do every time mm. because people don't understand the medium so yeah. i think maybe the biggest challenge is also uh understanding the what we can do and what we can't do so there is limitations and that has a lot to do with where the technology is yeah. and i think that is also one of our biggest challenges because we can't do more than what the technology allows. and the hardware allows us mm. to to yeah. do right now and uh, there's a lot of people that has this has these super crazy ideas and holograms and all this because they've seen it in films mm. and but we just we're still in this phase where the technology is not that mature mm. and we still have to keep that in mind yeah. to make the best experiences yeah. that doesn't try to be something that we 
we're not yeah. being like able to do. It is yeah. still just a LCD screen inside some goggles. Kind of, yeah. And <laughs> it's and got a process. Are, it's, yeah. it's basically well, not more than an LCD screen. It's yeah. a smartphone. Yeah. In some goggles, essentially, like. Yeah. So it does have. Limited. Yeah, and yeah. when we call it VR, I mean it is. Yeah, but it's just a screen very. It basically just yeah, basically with like, you know, some overlapping magnifiers that sort of you know immerse you in it. And that's also where we have to be kind of like consultants on the fact that you can't be in that space more than like three minutes at a time because the headset is heavy. Yeah, you you can get a little bit headache and, and yeah. it's not oh no i think i've had one on for like two or three hours <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> well i've actually watched netflix movies in vr oh. where it's like you know because then you can change your environment and be like if you're if you got like a shitty apartment yeah. and you want to yeah. be in a you nice be apartment Bahamas and <laughs> yeah, a, yeah basically that's like you were sitting in on like a beach uh, you know that chair sounds and then, like yeah. you've trained yourself up to yeah, be, yeah yeah but i mean i've played quite a bit of vr yeah i think it's uh yeah chris I mean, tries everything new that comes yeah everything so <laughs> yeah weird. it's yeah. i've also got the ar glasses from facebook and Ooh. yeah so the stuff that takes you know photo no, videos okay. they're not ar the, AR. the <laughs> idea i think that they wanted to get yeah. to is that eventually they would be ar mm, true. in them but they're not they're just no. recording your day yeah, yeah and that's where yeah. we are yeah. also are. like you yeah. can always the, have chris try try uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, i'm a guinea pig yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for food as well if you guys <laughs> new food i'm like yeah, new food I'll just eat it. vr food what yeah. is this vr we'll food some, yeah, yeah. Some overlap yeah. Food <laughs> i'm eating the remote control <laughs> like what chris is this? no not this <laughs> This tastes like beef jerky. What's going on? <laughs> oh, that's your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Oh, but <laughs> where do you guys see uh, opportunity then? Does I mean, obviously, we just talked about mm. before uh, the cameras rolling. Like there is potential for a lot mm. of more brands to use the AI, AR technology at yeah. least um, on NBR, social media. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. but uh, more yeah. in digital space in on their platforms or whatsoever. Like mm. uh, we see. It's been trending with filters, but now it's, we see mm. a little bit low on it. But yeah. do you guys have any um, thoughts around, you know, how brands could leverage that part of I, the technology? I think in terms of the filters, I think it's, it's again, a learning curve. And mm. it's maybe again through this hype cycle. So I think the brands need to see where can they actually use these filters and where is it, where is it that it makes sense for the brands to, to use them for? Because I think uh, like putting on some like dog ears and have the brand like using that is not the best way of right. leveraging. I think there is the potential of have actually creating more e-commerce like uh, experiences in, in the filters. And I think that's where they can really leverage uh, at some point with, with filters, especially mm-hmm. in on TikTok and Instagram. And like, I think, TikTok has just opened up for their AR oh. filters, uh, their Effect House, which is mm. a platform where you can build uh, AR filters for TikTok. And I think that's going to be where we might see some more brands being able to use this mm-hmm. as the yeah. advantage because a lot of brands don't really know how to get into this TikTok environment. Like, mm. it's, it's a really hard sort of like a platform to understand as a brand like where can i make myself relevant mm. and i think those little fun things with tiktok filters where you can share them and 
you know, like you have an influencer sharing something and people want to try it and then get they, the exposure. Yeah. And it's really uh, for the organic part of, of the sharing. Uh, I think the filters are really strong because you have this little URL up in the in the corner. And when people are watching someone using these filters, they can push that and they can try it themselves. So mm. if there is a lot of people doing that, it's kind of like rings in the water. It's it's going to be quite big if if the company makes the right filter. And that's also where it becomes interesting because some of the filters that we've built has been not that exciting. And that's mainly because the that's what the, the client wanted. Uh, and I think we need to be better at also understanding more and consulting better on what is actually the most interesting way to use the filters. What is it that people want to try? Mm. Um, a really weird example, but f for fun, I made this stupid cat uh, filter for my brother. And it was basically just a cut off of his cat's face. Mm. Uh, and I used it on Instagram and it it's become really big in in like, um, I think Taiwan or somewhere. Okay. And I have no idea why, but it's just- Cats are trendy. Again, it's like, it, it doesn't always have to be super advanced. It mm. just has to be something that people want to engage with, something that might be fun mm. or have some sort of purpose. Yeah, uh, relevant for a community yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of missed opportunities. I yeah. think that brands, they do like they come with their idea of like, hey, it has to match this campaign that mm. we're doing, and it has to be this campaign color. We've got a main message. Like, mm. can you stick that main message in there somewhere? Yeah, maybe some text on there. Yeah. And it's like, it's not really not. what people want to do. Like, yeah. for example, on Instagram, the big there was a big um, popular filter where you had to press the one dot that was a different color than mm. the rest, mm. and it went from sort of easy to very very hard mm -hmm. and it was really about color you know how good are you at recognizing colors mm -hmm. and i thought you know why not why isn't that done by the you know color blind of america mm -hmm. institution yeah. or or by an eyeglass company mm -hmm. or by a uh, wall paint company yeah. like there was an opportunity where you know you could create almost like mini games or mini mm -hmm. solutions that are a little bit more interesting than yeah. What you're saying, which is like, here, let's put on some bunny ears on somebody and then have like, mm. Easter mm. is coming, buy from Cadbury. Like, yeah. it's really it not, have any value. It, it doesn't have any value. Like it doesn't, and it's not going to go viral because nobody would share that. But no. people sharing their high score on a color, mm. you know, thing, a color game, of course, is going to be yeah. more interesting, right? Mm. So, so I think that's where I think, yeah, us as an agency as well needs to be better at sort of advising yeah. clients and pushing for more creative applications of, of yeah. AR and yeah. VR. And, and I think that there is a lot of purpose, as you say, it could be something that actually put focus on something that's that's uh, like a, a really relevant uh, thing. And I think also with hand tracking, you could have like sign language uh, filters and stuff like that. So there is so many possibilities to look towards where there's mm. actually some sort of productivity in this and yeah. where it can be used for something with a purpose yeah. um, and I think that's really strong uh, and I think that's something people also want to share yeah. people want to share stuff that has a purpose and and that's where I think it it makes sense 
for the brands to think a little bit more about what can they like explain what is their brand what what can, what is the purpose of their brand mm -hmm. instead of just wanting their logo on something mm -hmm. so i think that's where we can see the the idea and then also something that we've seen trended a little bit more than last year has been web ar so the these like ai experiences that you can open straight from your browser um so that's been used a lot on websites where you can see a product and then mm. you can open that up and just see in your own environment yeah um so uh, you don't need an app you don't like yeah. That, yeah yeah sunglasses like fashion yeah. brands try on right yeah like, it's like try on stuff it's or? more it's more like a product demonstration so it it you can't really do a lot of segmentations you can't really segment your face and stuff like mm. that when it's uh, web based but you can just place something in your own environment so mm. for example with this like uh, ikea place mm. that's an app but basically they could do that now in web browser okay. based yeah, so okay. you can just open up the your camera and place yeah. the product in your environment and see does yeah. it fit and it doesn't take the downloading of an app it doesn't take yeah, it going the into snapchat yeah, yeah. Mm. so it distribution wise it's so easy to yeah. use for the for the brands and i think that's going to be a big thing because that means that the brands that has web shops mm. might go more into creating all their products yeah. as a 3d uh, replica mm. having that open up as a ai experiences but also using that in the metaverse in a latest sense. sense yeah, yeah. Mm. so i think it's it's just about getting the digital uh, replica a more like mm. more focused uh, for the for the companies yeah i mm. want to tap into that metaverse mm. yeah. uh what do you guys what are you guys thoughts about you know metaverse have going to this vr space like what push will it have mm. on the technology and the opportunities i think We've been talking a lot about the metaverse this last year, and mm. I think uh, we're also a little bit, yeah, we we don't we don't really like the term. I think mm. uh, metaverse, the metaverse, okay. because a lot of people has this. Uh, I don't know if it's a little bit hard because we can't say that there is a defined like way of saying what is the metaverse. It's mm. very undefined, and for us, we like to talk about the the spatial internet instead mm. it's like more okay. uh not just vr not just ar it could just as well be roadblocks which is more uh, on the on a desktop uh, like it's kind of like saying cyberspace mm. <laughs> metaverse cyberspace i think it's a little bit the same it's like calling when people are like we want to build something in the metaverse it's like but which platform or yeah. did what what are you thinking and people has this uh idea that there's going to be one metaverse mm. uh, but it's kind of like saying that google is the internet it's one internet uh so there's yeah. so many ways of defining that but i think the spatial internet is just defining web3 like we're coming to this age of having the internet not being this like screen that we're looking at but you have the internet come into our own world so with this layer you can put on top of your own experiences with ar immerse yourself in vr like all these things that is the the web3 mm. uh, the spatial yeah. internet so 
Well, like I, being instead of being on the internet, you're in the in internet. the internet. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how we we really like to define it. And I think uh, I think it's gonna be a big opportunity to make uh, more like personal experiences, yeah. especially for brands. Like mm-hmm. I think we've been in this age where now we're tired of just having these advertising pop up on Facebook because we went into this shoe brand company. We're just being spammed with these shoes on the on Facebook and I think it it doesn't it 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 doesn't take a lot of action for the company to actually do something that is more personalized and mm-hmm. I think when we're talking about the spatial internet and making experiences uh, the key uh, I think we're in this age where we can expect a lot of uh, more experience in uh, advertising from the the age like the different brands. So what I mean by that is, I think uh, when we, for example, use a filter, we're the the main character in that experiences. Mm. We're the main character in the advertising, and I think that's what we're gonna look into more and more. Mm. Having pers- yeah, personalized experiences. Yeah. Um, I think. The fashion industry is really good at like being fourth runner on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just went this morning to uh, the fashion week. They had this focus on digital fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of companies that are using roadblocks or yeah. some of these descent land or some of these metaverse platforms yeah. to, to actually uh, like test their new collection and figure out which which clothes collection are they mm. gonna focus on? Because a lot of times the fashion industry has been very uh, criticized for uh, spending a lot of materials and using a lot of resources on just like making a lot of clothes that's mm. never gonna be bought yeah. and just gonna be thrown out. And here they can actually test, m- yeah, test it or actually make it so that people have to buy the digital piece before and then they know that they have to produce this yeah. for the for the for the user. Yeah, I definitely think that's a it's also a good development, mm. you know. Yeah. Environment-wise and also it's also a good development sort of brand-wise because you can really start to um, think about your product in a licensing yeah. way. Yeah. So I think like you I think what we're going to see is like people can rent mm. the digital product they can buy the digital product if mm. they want. They can also um, get paid to wear that digital product yeah. in the metaverse. And I think mm. there's that's a lot of different opportunities that mm. brands haven't fully had, mm. right? Whereas, I mean, you're not going to rent out a pair of Nikes no. in real life, but you can rent out a pair of Nikes in the metaverse. So yeah. I think it's also going to open up a new couple of new different revenue streams and opportunities mm. for brands as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I hope that it's also going to make like people produce less and actually yeah. produce more clever. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think it's also going to reduce production, like production. Like I think what's going to do is introduce a lot more competition mm. because me competing with Nike mm. in terms of producing real shoes, mm. there's no chance in hell. Mm. Me producing digital yeah. shoes, I've yeah. got a pretty good chance. I've got a team of digital artists, mm. I've got marketing people, I've got mm. big brains that way. So I think like 
that's where it's also interesting is like a lot mm. of fashion brands, a lot of car brands, mm. a lot of, they're gonna have a different set of competitors than they ever had. Yeah, because the barrier, yeah, because yeah. the barrier of entry yeah. mm. to building digital fashion, digital cars, digital mm. is way lower than, I don't need a Tesla factory. I've got a 3D artist here yeah, yeah. from Mumbai yeah. <laughs> who's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And he costs, you know, 10 bucks an hour. So yeah. let's go build some awesome stuff for the metaverse. Yeah. So I, it's going to flip a lot of stuff on its I think it's going to disrupt a lot of the way that we know how to, like, yeah. mm. like consume as well. Yeah. Like how yeah. we consume and hopefully it's, it's going to make us more clever about consuming and if it's digital, it's not gonna take up that much resources uh, yeah. as it will if it's a physical uh, product or right. physical material. So mm. I think there's a lot of positive things about seeing into this this world. Uh, but of course, like we've, as we also talked about for for our side of, of also digital art, NFTs, crypto, blockchain, I think we're also on a hype cycle with that a little bit and absolutely i think it needs to come down to this place where we can actually see where the where it becomes like a possible uh positive thing yeah. right now it's a little bit of let's make some quick money yeah. <laughs> let's buy an nft and yeah it's gonna be worth a lot yeah. and there's a joke money. in the yeah. advertising space that if like if you haven't pitched something related to the metaverse or an nft is it actually a pitch yeah because <laughs> <laughs> every pitch needs to include yeah. an nft yeah. right just now. to show yeah. that you've thought about just it at the, least. exactly yeah. it's like you know the old days or it's yeah. like oh have you thought of it not the old days last year yeah. tiktok so, there yeah. wasn't a tiktok element to every pitch it was like yeah and do you even know what's do going you even on? know what an agent <laughs> are you an actual agency yeah. but we see the same with the metaverse and like having all these agency comes to us and say yeah. how can we become metaverse experts like and i think that's gonna mm. be a new thing that there's mm. gonna be a lot of metaverse experts but yeah. it's it's a natural like way of of the of the evolution of the internet i think when we when we saw the first social media experts it was always the like the intern that was just put on that Facebook because it wasn't that serious. That's how I got in this position. Yeah, yeah just intern. That's but why I'm a social see, media expert now, today. Now you're a CEO. Didn't, <laughs> didn't take much at all, guys. Just intern somewhere. Yeah. Only last week I was an intern. <laughs> now I'm the CEO. So I think it's going to have the same like importance mm. and we're going to see a lot of new jobs that's never thought of before. Like Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, exactly. yeah there's going to be, I mean, it's going to be interesting to have police services yeah in the metaverse mm -hmm. right like, <laughs> people in their homes yeah well no yeah you're gonna yeah. need police yeah. you're mm -hmm. gonna need law and then it's also like is it international law is it by mm -hmm. the region is yeah. it like how do we deal with these things right because yeah, yeah there True. will be theft i mean i, I talked about on the podcast how i had mm -hmm. nfts stolen from me like, yeah and there's no recourse no there's no there's no That's legal not. entity or body I can mm. go to to say, mm. hey, someone stole thousands of dollars from yeah. me. How do I get it back? Or how do we even make a case? Yeah. Mm. Nobody, like, you can't call the police here in Denmark. They'd be like, mm -hmm. um, call somebody else. <laughs> Maybe call Mark Zuckerberg. Maybe he can help you. Yeah, but that's also where it's like, it's a little bit, 
out here where yeah. it needs to find its way to where we actually have a little bit more control mm. on the different things. And I think that's going to be something that's going to happen in the next yeah. Yeah, couple of years. Yeah. yeah, it has to. Yeah. Last note, yeah. where do you guys see AR and VR going? We don't, we don't have to talk about metaverse, but uh, mm. what oh, impact do you, ha- do you think it will have on the world? Well, for us, it's like... You like let her go. <laughs> Sorry. I have no idea. No, honestly, I'm so glad you're taking this one because I'm like... But I think it's it's important for me to, to just talk about the really important projects that we are seeing changing a little bit the world because in terms of the healthcare industry, mm. we've, uh, we really see VR becoming a, a, a tool that can help people. So what we've done is... Uh, for example, we've uh, made uh, together with the regions, we made this um, VR software that can, uh, where someone with schizophrenia can uh, actually meet their inner voice. Mm. And it's it's a tool that's been used with psychiatrics and, uh, and they've had a lot of test people trying it. And mm-hmm. they've seen some crazy results because it actually have, made some of these people completely stop hearing voices and uh, this is bigger than we thought it could be because normally you can medicate but it doesn't really change the fact that you still have the voices and you Mm. still have to deal with those but what they can do with this vr software is that they can put the patient in front of their inner voice so they module their voice to how they think it sounds in their head Mm. and how they think the mm-hmm. the voice looks and then they put them in front of them and then they can communicate mm. with their voice and they can actually talk back to the voice uh, and and something like that is insane that we can see how VR can be a software a, a, like a tool that can do some something for other people like yeah. they mm. can actually help people mm. and I think we're going to see more and more of these like projects where we really see the 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 this really heavy part of why this is such an amazing tool mm. why like VR can can do something that that normal uh, like technology can't like yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's where we're gonna see the the technology evolve like yeah moving into health tech health tech uh, yeah and also like just sustainability like we've done a lot of projects for companies that has normally flown a lot of people in to see their big like uh, like companies where they do the big machines and they sell them around the world but it's a little bit hard for them to just show that uh, on a picture or mm. in a video yeah. so instead of flying all these people to Denmark they're sending them uh, via headsets mm. and, and getting a little bit more green in that perspective of not flying people around yeah. the world I like that yeah yeah. And then remote awesome. work. I think yeah. that's going to be really interesting to see how this is going to change the fact that we don't need to be physical at an office, but we can work all around yeah. in the world. I think that's going to be a game changer. Yeah, yeah definitely. For sure. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. Is it rolling? Are we rolling? Do it fast. You have 10 seconds. Okay. So here you have it. Thank you guys for sharing. I'll summarize the gold nuggets shared by Katrina and Chris around how businesses can leverage AR and AR technology. 
I just said some things that didn't make any sense. <laughs> no. But that's you in every podcast. Okay, Don't worry. thanks. Don't worry. You you did your you Here? did good. You did your role. Check. <laughs> so what can uh, what can you use uh, the technology for? With AR and VR technologies, you can help customers decide easier on your purchases and showing them products by trying them on virtually before they actually make the purchase. And maybe that will help you as a brand with returns as well. And then you can do a very immersive brand storytelling. You can grow awareness and you can engage with your audience in a different way. And VR can also help be an amazing tool and help patients in, in, health, in the health tech space. How can you as a brand leverage the technologies? We see that typical challenges would be the distribution of the experience and uh, and of and the content as people are not fully into the VR world yet and it's hard to scale. But we do see a lot of opportunities as brands can use AR by using creative uh, tools in social media with filters and you know create new e e-commerce experiences and grow awareness and organic organic growth so brands just need to keep in mind that you have re- you have to be creative and know that your audience like to interact and engage with filters or content that really resonates with them and retain them rather than just for you know slapping your brand logo on there crappy air yeah. filters exactly that wouldn't fly <laughs> so the future outlook uh, in our specialist Katrina's eyes here is that we will use the technology much more in our remote work and in health tech and that will really make a difference in people's lives. So here we have it, the challenges and opportunities for brands in the VR and VR world. So thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for the next one. See ya. This has been the Social Media Sucks Podcast. 